song is brought to you by dogma beats my good friend back in washington make sure you go check him out on instagram at dogma beats he's got a link to his soundcloud and all his other stuff in his bio there give him a follow check out his page thanks again man hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the i'm getting there podcast it's your host michael booth and uh i'm here it's starting to get it's starting to get real nice, at least where I'm at in kind of the central coast area of California. It's starting to get real nice outside. And the one thing I miss is all the outside bar beer gardens. And you just, the only thing you get to do is, we were just talking, I get, like, I go out in my patio maybe and crack a cold one, but it's not the same. There's not, I don't have a nice glass, at least at my house, to have a beer in myself. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's kind of a bummer. So I guess that's the one thing I'm missing about this nice weather. But I have a I have a guest with me today. Uh, it's a guy that I met at a show in Boulder Creek. Which if you've been to Boulder Creek, <laughs> I've been there once and it was for this show. And I happened to run into this guy and we kind of talked outside for a little bit. And I liked him, so I went and checked out his stuff. And he's a comedian that's been from what I've seen. He's been you know when quarantine before quarantine he was traveling kind of uh, around the Bay Area, and definitely he was making trips down to L.A., and I've seen him recently. I think he was in Arizona. Uh, we'll talk about that, but uh, yeah, this guy's pretty funny. I like his videos and stuff. It's uh, Xander Beltron. How you doing, dude? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we were just talking Where about- Where are you trying to get? Where's there? Where's there for you? Getting there. Where's there? Getting there. Uh, I guess I have like this, just in all kind of- facets of things like whether it be physical or mental or kind of career based there's like a a self that I see of myself and so I guess getting there would be getting to those selves like realized in the physical world instead of just like in my head you know kind of manifesting totally yeah hell yeah I like that let's get there man yeah hell yeah what about you what what would you say what, what would you say there is for you like um, as long as I can feed myself and pay my rent uh, by being funny and making songs, then I'll be happy. Okay. That's all. That's all I Hell need. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to. Uh, I have. I'm like pitching a TV show this week to this production company, and I, if that happens, that's where I'm really trying to get. Is uh, I have this idea for a show that's like a dinner party with performance stuff. I don't want to get uh, the details, but if I could, if I could be producing that during the day and doing stand up at night, that that would be there for me. That's That'd really cool. So like with with stand up like how cuz I when I met you we were doing this kind of this dive bar show there wasn't really a, a crowd <laughs> um but I noticed you know with the people that went on and then you kind of went on at the end I noticed like a a difference you were able to kind of connect even that small group of people that were there and I could just kind of tell like okay this guy's been in this situation before it seems like Oh yeah I've performed in every kind of room I actually, my favorite thing is a really hard room. Like, uh, there's this one room in San Francisco that they that don't tell those shows at, and it's like a really long, thin room, and everybody bombs in it because you have to like swivel and talk yeah. to everybody. That's like my favorite room because it's so hard. You have to literally spin. So I just like make jokes about how about spinning. So I'll just be like a mannequin and like spin while I'm there, or I'll, I'll like say I'll be like, oh, I feel like I'm I'm like the Indian in the cupboard, and I'll just like make jokes <laughs> okay, about yeah. it. That's like my favorite thing, a room that everybody's bombing in. I love going up to those rooms because I want to be like, nah, I can make this work. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to figure out how to get this done. That bar, you just had to call them assholes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a bunch of fucking drunk they hicks. Really were. Like, you fucking pieces of shit. And then they're always like, yeah, we are pieces of shit. I like this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a... Everybody else is too nice. They're always like, how's your day, sir? Fuck them. Tell them that they suck. And then they'll okay. tune in. Because that's what, that's what con- most conservatives are like. They want that tough love. Trying to be nice to them doesn't work. You have okay. to tell them to fuck I've, off. I've kind of experienced that in like this. I worked in like food service industry for a while um, and dealt with some guys. It was kind of a like a pass through town, a lot of trucker guys. And I think they have that vibe where they would come in and they'd kind of, I would kind of give them, flip them a little shit back and they would start to, you know, be friendly. 
Yeah. Like that. Yeah, I like to I like to talk shit. When people are too sensitive or like just too nice, I'll like tell people like be like, stop being so polite, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Say something mean <laughs> to me. Let me know you're real. That you're a real person That's funny. there. Yeah, right? so how how long have you been doing it? Like when did you start doing it? Um I started in like two thousand thirteen. Okay. Um I was just, I was a student at Cal and I did theater there. And um, I did a sketch for one of my classes that's still one of my stand-up jokes about being like the undercover Mexican, um, that I'm the Beener Schnitzel because I'm half Mexican, oh, half yeah, German. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen that one on your. And, uh, so I have this whole monologue where it's like like a grandfather explaining the like the narrative of the Beener Schnitzel, the undercover Mexican. I did that for one of my theater classes, and I got like the best uh, performance in the class. And uh, my friend was like, "You should try that out at an open mic." So I did it at the Brainwash in San Francisco. You know Tony Sparks? No. The God, the Godfather of Bay Area comedy. Shout out to Tony Sparks. He's like one of the best dudes ever. Okay. Super nice. He runs like tons of open mics. Um, but that place doesn't exist anymore. It's, it got gentrified out. Um, but I, I went up there, and the first show I did there, I got booked by uh, Stroy Moy to do a Hella Funny show. Oh, that's cool. And I've been doing it ever since. Nice. Yeah. Like... See, yeah, so were you just like obsessed kind of right away or was it like the reaction? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my favorite drug. Okay. Performing. I love that feeling. It's like the best, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, the first couple times for me, it was like, I had to get over the fact that people like weren't gonna like always laugh. Like it was going to be like, oh, a, right. like, a, cause I, you have to work for it. Yeah. And cause I, I had given like, like in school, I'd talked in front of groups and stuff, but and so I had like the kind of the nerves of talking in front of people. Right. But entertaining somebody's way different, and I hadn't oh, I yeah. hadn't even yeah. touched that yet, and so that was kind of my first experience was doing open mics was was with that. So at first, it was a little nice. bit like just learning that that difference. But yeah, like getting that laughter and stuff is amazing. And uh, I uh, I just like had done theater for a couple years. And I had sketches that I would do in those classes or like characters that I would use in improv groups. So like when I first started stand-up, it was very different than my stand-up now. It was almost all characters, all sketches. So I wasn't so nervous. I honestly, it, what was nerve-wracking for me was speaking in my normal voice was actually the scary part. Okay. But if I slid into character, then I wouldn't be so nervous. So when I first started, I was always doing characters, kind of like Pablo Francisco. I was going to say, that's almost like he would, what you said there. He was my idol. Pablo Francisco? Yeah, he was my oh, idol when I was a kid. He's so funny, dude. <laughs> he's also fucking nuts, dude. That guy does so much cocaine. <laughs> Watching dude, some of his uh... there's so many staffs that are like, he's crazy, bro. Don't don't work with him. <laughs> I love him though. I fucking love that guy. So many videos of him, yeah, you could kind of just tell he was like the police like at the club. I think it was like the with the police officer like he does a sketch where he's just doing like these different voices and stuff. It's crazy, but yeah, I really like, like, do you like those high energy comics? Like as a kid, like Paula Francisco, like kind of like, I still do like Lewis Black, I would say kind of has that, like, it's not a high energy, but it's just like that, like, it's aggressive. <laughs> very performative. Yeah, expressive. That's actually uh, the one gripe I have with this new wave of comics is they all think that they're so smart and clever that they don't have to act. So they all kind of just stand there with their arms crossed and just talk. And it's like, they don't pace they don't like they never fucking did anything musical on stage they've never done a character voice like do something weird yeah. like do a weird dance you know what i mean like give me a show there's too many comics that are just standing there with their their hair in a fucking bun and a jean jacket on and they just talk and it's like so boring to listen to you know what i mean yeah i'd rather watch robin williams you know what i mean yeah uh i want that i want that energy there's a friend that i have down here and that i met when i started and he he gets like he almost does that that thing like a fighter does before you know like he, he I do that shit too he gets like, he's hands himself up uh huh <laughs> like he always he'll he'll be in the car man well he'll just be like do like Bob and he'll be like dude we're almost there like he just starts getting like <laughs> hell yeah um, well that might he just might be uh, ADHD but <laughs> maybe but uh, no he just gets it just had too much sugar he gets into it and kind of yeah kind of being around that that energy yeah. kind of had an effect on me a little bit. You know, I would kind of, where'd you come from? Did you do sports or were you an artist in high school? Uh, I did sports. I did sports or and football. I read a lot. Uh, I wasn't really artistic. I mean, I draw, but I wasn't really like, 
I drew and I, I sang in an acapella group uh, in high school. That's senior pretty artistic, year. dude. We won, the, we won the talent show. So you're both. I guess I was both. Yeah, I guess I was both. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I do all all the stuff, but I, I was mostly a jock in high school. Okay. I was like ca- one of the captains on the football team and captain of the wrestling team. Oh, nice. And like, I didn't really do any uh, music or the only only time I did st- I did stand up for our male pageant. We had this thing called Mr. Pacifica. And that was the first time I ever did stand up comedy. Okay. Was for our school's pageant. So like before, yeah. so like when when you did the stand up then when you were in theater, were you like thinking about? Like, did you be thinking about it at all if you did it for the pageant? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted to do stand-up since I was, like, 13 years old. I would do it in uh, my family's living room at Christmas. Oh, hell. That's awesome. <laughs> Just, like, impressions? My dad showed what? me Richard Pryor when I was, like, 13. Yeah. I always did Steve Irwin. Okay. <laughs> we, my, my grandma had a, rubber, I had a rubber snake at her house, and I'd always go, this is a big snake. <laughs> oh, no, he bit me. And I would just fucking, like, a fake die yeah. at Christmas. Dude, that's funny shit. <laughs> Yeah, my, my whole family's funny as hell, though. Like, I, I actually don't talk that much <clears throat> when I'm with my Latino side because, like, there's always somebody saying some funny-ass shit. So I actually feel like I can relax, you know? That's cool. Are you front, like... How's your family? They're funny? Uh, I wouldn't... Like, it's... Yeah, it's funny, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind say, of. Really? Like, it's funny to, like... <laughs> it's funny to, like, reminisce on stories that w- weren't funny in the moment, I guess. Like, there's a lot of dark humor that... Like I that we like joke around about and uh, my grandparents are hilarious. Those uh, I talk to my grandma like a lot. Um, that's probably who I have the closest relationship with. And nice. yeah, her just like her talking shit about my grandpa to me on the phone on my lunch breaks is like the highlight of my day sometimes. Hell yeah! <laughs> so I guess there's that. But yeah, um, my family. Yeah, I don't know. We like watched a lot of stuff together, I guess, and we would kind of like have inside jokes, and, and but there wasn't like anybody like kind of. I wasn't kind of doing that as a kid. I think I kind of got that more um, when I kind of got around my friends. Right, right. cool. Yeah, so you have a good, you have a good comedian group. Uh, down here, are you talking about like? Yeah, what? Like a good group of guys or or, or girls that are uh, com- comedians that you're like tight with. Yeah, uh, there's a uh, a couple guys actually that I do another podcast with. Oh, nice! Called, uh, you got two podcasts? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, Michael Booth. Yes, I. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I started this one um, when when quarantine started because I I I was kind of um, standoffish with Zoom stuff, so that I felt like this is another avenue to kind of do stuff or kind of create content, I guess. Dude, the Zoom shows aren't that bad, man. You should, you should check them out. Speaking of... Maybe you could do you could do mine in August if you want. Just pick a Thursday and I'll book okay. you. Okay. I actually did check one out. I Natasha had one. Collier, she had one the other night. And uh, she sent me a link. Yeah. And I, I sat in for, for a few. And That one's all right. The one on Tuesday, home, Homeward Bound. I think so, yeah. It was, it was cool. cool. I mean, uh, I... You know, I was like, okay, like I had never, I had never even seen anything, so I was kind of just like, you know, I watched a couple people to kind of get a feel for it, and uh, you know, I kind of want to check out a few more and stuff, but yeah, I'll definitely hit you up. Uh, I uh, speaking of dude, Zoom, like, did you was that something that you kind of, you know, jumped on right away? Like, were you? Uh... No, nah, it was like uh, two months after quarantine started. When I, I started the show, like a month and a half ago. So you kind of. Um, want- I did some other people's Zoom shows, and I, I just didn't like like how lackluster most of them were run. They were all run like fucking like work meetings. Like all the people running the shows were were fucking tech nerds, and their shows are like, just felt like a, like a work meeting, you know? Okay. Like they're like, hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. uh, so put it up for you. I was like, give me some fucking energy. Give me a show. Like I made like mine has like a, a an intro song with a video that I play at the beginning. Okay. You know what I mean? Like we share the screen and then all the comedians, like I tell them, I'm like, yo, this isn't a podcast. So come on my show with energy, mm-hmm. you know? And I have like a, a, a bunch of regulars that come watch every show. So it's just different. I just wanted, I wanted to have control of a good zoom show. Cause I had just been on so many bad ones. That's actually like the main driving force. in so many things I've done as a comedian is just because I had to experience somebody else do it bad. And so now Hell I'm like, yeah. let me do it because this just sucks. Like that's, <laughs> I remember the first time I went to an open mic, I just watched and I saw so many terrible comedians that I had to do it the next day. I was like, there's no way that these idiots are up here telling these <laughs> terrible jokes and I'm not going to be doing this and trying to fix it because I got to be spreading good in this world while all these <laughs> if the people are going to be spreading trash. I got to be out there giving out real good flavor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Like, 
so that's that's why I started mine. But yeah, I was definitely adverse to it. But that's why I'm saying you, you should probably make one or, or just go check some out to do because I mean I don't know when we're gonna reopen. But, no, exactly. Yeah. You know? And I mean I was I was uh, doing the the I had a show in Salinas once a month that I was doing. I heard that show was amazing. Yeah, I was actually everybody everybody gave it a lot of. I was gonna here. hit you up. They're very popular. I was gonna hit you up <laughs> for it. Like right, you know as. You know, we were going to move into the summer months and, uh, you know, right. this all happened and, uh, I kind of was, we'll I was, yeah, I was thinking like, I, well, everybody was asking me too, when quarantine started, they're like, Hey, are you going to do zoom? And I was like, gee, I don't know, you know, cause I just, I don't know what this is going to be like. And I did and I just kind of felt weird about it. The idea of it, and, cause I use zoom for work. So you, when you were talking right now about work meetings for zoom, I was like, kind of just like oh i've been i've been there just muted like holy crap <laughs> like this is rough and then their energy there's like so um if we could all just go ahead and look at the next page here maybe scroll down to the third paragraph and then if you see here what it says in the rhetoric is that our company will be forming a business relationship with their company and it's like please fucking kill me yeah. kill yourself what is yeah. this why are you doing if this? If you look at the graph Why on the next slide, yeah. People are, are either very confident in how entertaining and charming they are, or they're very scared of not being charming. And it's usually opposites. Most of my friends that are the introverts, I love them. The way they talk, I'm always like, you're so great. What's wrong? Why don't you talk more? Yeah. All these people that they're like lead group meetings at work are always the most boring people ever. They're always so boring, and they love themselves way too much, you know? <laughs> That is um, it's terrible. That, but yeah, yeah, some of the Zoom shows are like that. But uh, there's some good ones. Like I recommend uh, The Premise is one that's run out of San Francisco. Okay. Uh, Starline is an Oakland show that they turned into a Zoom thing. I know Sammy Obeyed runs some really great ones. So you should check out. I've heard of The Premise before. I've seen stuff on like I've seen stuff on Facebook for that one. Sammy Obeyed's KO Comedy. Those shows will have like 400 people watching. Wow. Them. That's really cool. So yeah, I guess from all over the world. I was gonna say, I guess there's a lane for it. Like that's what I was gonna ask. Like, are you gonna continue? Yeah, I think. Yeah, even even when live shows come back, my show's at six. The other, uh, the last couple weeks ago, I did a show, my Zoom show at six, and then a live show at eight. Oh, that's and it was cool. It's great. I got to do both in one day. Yeah. You know, because also the Zoom with East Coast time, you could do a Zoom show here at five, and that's eight p.m. in New York. And then you can go to a regular club and do the, a regular show. And you work the stuff in the Zoom that you're gonna. I mean, you you know some of the stuff you're going to do in the live probably I mean, like does it translate like is the format kind of similar uh it's they, they're different they're definitely different it's more like podcasting type material but like you can i mean it's a good place to try it out it's like an open mic kind of is it almost like storytelling it's, a little more or a little bit yeah 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 hokey jokes don't work so much just because in a real stand-up show they're not literally staring at you the whole time and you don't have to see your own face when you perform but on a Zoom show, the, the, the Zoom <laughs> thing is showing your face to you. I didn't even so think about the, that. Like, super hokey, goofy shit. You're like, you're like, hate yourself while you do it because you can see yourself see doing yourself. it. You know? And also, they have to stare at your fat face, like sweaty face on the screen right in front of them instead of 20 feet away on a stage. So it's kind of, it's like, uh, it's more like interviewing. Okay. You know what I mean? It's more like interviewing for a job of of being a comedian <laughs> than actually being a comedian. So you it's like, sat down it's like the and, interview process. Yeah, yeah sat yeah, yeah. down to apply <laughs> to be a comic. Yeah, it's like pitching being a comic. You're like, I could be a comedian. Do you guys think so? And they're like, yeah, I would guess. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's kind of what Zoom feels like to me, man. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a thing. I'm I'm doing like some private Zoom events for companies the next couple months. That's going to be making me some money. So like, That's pretty cool. Uh, so I think it's I think it's worthwhile to check it out. I mean, I've talked to a handful of people about it now, and you know, I've I'm definitely gonna start checking them out and going to some of them and kind of just doing some just observation and maybe see if I can, you know, I have some stories that I wanted to work on anyway, uh, kind of like longer right. stories. So maybe this is a you know format I can do that in. Uh, definitely, you're also gonna uh, if the audience is good. It depends on the show. Um, but if they're good, they're going to listen intently to what you're saying. Like, actually, you know, mm -hmm. they're not, there's no bar noise. I noticed that you know, too. It was really quiet in the, in the, uh, the show as end of the night. Cause it, everybody, I think everybody was muted. That wasn't talking. 
And so it was like, at least they were muting like themselves until they would laugh or something, you know. Uh, I didn't hear any right. like static noise from someone else's chat. So that was that was actually nice, I guess, like what you're saying. Like if you were if you were performing at that point, it is really quiet. There's not a lot of not a lot of bar. There's not yeah, a... so you can do the more per- personal jokes stuff that is like more nuanced. But the really performative, hokey, like <laughs> that stuff is like off the table. I love that stuff. I think do adding that like Mark Norman is one of my favorite oh. comedians. He does almost all says almost all those things. Me too. Dude. He's funny. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, any gay people yeah. here? And they go, yeah. And he goes, oh, thanks for coming out. <laughs> yeah, like I fucking love that comedy. But in Zoom, it's like it's, yeah, comedy. Maybe. <laughs> I just it doesn't work in a it doesn't work in a Zoom show. I saw him at Rooster Tees like right before. It's uh, amazing. Yeah, like he was he was pretty good. And Carlos Rodriguez was there too, opening up for him, which was cool. I, was, I Inspired. Such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, Great dude. Love. He came down to Salinas a few times and did uh, my buddy Julian's show. I don't know if you know El Gordo Mamon. He is like a guy down here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does That's my homie. Yeah. He had a show down here too, and uh, it, Carlos came through. And... He's one of the reasons why I use TikTok now. Oh, because of El Gordo? Yeah. He was like, dude, you got to post on TikTok. I got like 35,000 followers. Yeah. And I was like, what? He showed my me. Friend Joe Begley has like 380. I, I have 28,000 right now. Nice. Yeah, I, I saw now. Zach Lord hit 30K today as well. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the homie. Like, yeah, it's uh, it was cool to see like kind of just that like pop. Everybody's putting stuff up and like the just a wave of getting on there. and Yeah, you hear that they're going to ban it? Yeah, I saw that. They're thinking about banning it because it's Chinese spyware. Uh-huh. I saw that. Just like they're trying to. It's so funny because Google is American spyware. Yeah. And Facebook is American spyware. And so is Instagram. So and like when people are like, I don't want them to have my information. I'm like, bro, the the worst thing you've ever done is like not put peanut butter on both sides yeah. of the bread when you make a PB. What kind of crimes are you doing, Greg? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, the worst thing you did all day was jerk off into a sock, yeah, was... bro. Relax. No one's coming for yeah, you, dog. Like. Like, you're not interesting enough to be fucking watched every day by the FBI, dude. <laughs> I don't know if people can ever look at their, like, Google Maps history where it just shows you where you went and, like, where There's you just fucking dispenser. Yeah. Chick-fil-A dispenser. Yeah. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> fucking massage parlor. Yeah. <laughs> Dispensary. <laughs> I guess, yeah, maybe they just be doing... You know what's funny is I, now I realize they're probably not even trying hide the criminal shit they just the government seen all the sad like, yeah. all the times that they like just lay in bed eating peanut butter out of the jar <laughs> <laughs> or, like, just watching videos and like, cry in the shower. Yeah. that's what they're worried about now i get it they don't want everybody to see their depressive ass <laughs> that would be that would be pretty like jarring to see everybody's search history and shit like that put up like public mm-hmm. you'd be like oh, oh terrible. <laughs> that's like the scariest hey, one well you're like wow i didn't know everyone was in age into asian ass porn that's crazy <laughs> every single guy every person yeah. even the girls search it you're like every girl searches it too you're like damn everybody likes that asian <laughs> ass porn bro it's good <laughs> if you're like, oh have you ever looked at those maps where it shows like the most searched uh like category in different states have you seen that shit i don't want to know oh dude it's no. pretty weird <laughs> i've seen someone like probably stepsister oh a lot of it is like milf and stepsister stuff it's just that's gross but you know what i hate about those videos is all like the girls they pick for those videos are like are like hot it's like a, it's like a good type mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like they're like 23 and like super, like super skinny, and you're like, that's a hot girl, but I can't do the plot. Yeah, the plot. You get, you just get... I can't watch this plot. Bro. I gotta change it. Up. So to mute it. <laughs> yeah, ew. <laughs> I'll see him. I'll be like, damn, that's like exactly the kind of girl I'm trying to look at. But nope, this like, plot this is weird. Lit. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't yeah. do it. She's like, I need help with my homework. You're like, ah, wow, this is so weird. God damn it. <laughs> Just help her sister with her homework and leave her body alone. You Do you think they're trying to get you man. to stop watching porn with those plots? It's like a weird way, just like they maybe they shame you out of the yeah, video. Others against porn watchers. They just try to shame you. Like if we give them, if we give them real bad porn, then they'll all, they're all quit. Yeah. Let's give them all poop and stepsister. They'll just shame themselves. So, they'll just feel so guilty. They'll stop watching. Right. <laughs> or the acting is so bad. No way. It's just making people worse. That's why all, like, so many dudes I notice are just, like, they walk around so, like, oh, hi, what's up? And it's, like, because they just watch so much <laughs> disgusting shit. They left their house. 
So when you see them, they're like, um, hi, what's up? No, I wasn't. And you're like, dude, <laughs> could you stop doing that to your brain yeah. every day? What's wrong with you? It's like Call of Duty murder and then fucking stepsister <laughs> gross-ass porn. And then they're like, they're just so fucking nervous in public because they're bad men. They're not good men. They act terrible in private. And then they're like, I don't know why I can't girls won't date me. And it's like, because your energy is off, mm-hmm. bro. Like, you need to figure your shit out. Your you to... God, stop doing that. You need to, to take yourself, some deep breaths dude. when you wake up, dude. <laughs> Sometimes just have a glass of water and take a nap, you sicko. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny and so fucking true. You can just see it. Oh, man. You can just see it. It's just. <laughs> I'll see it on my. I see some of my friends, and they come up. I'm like, bro. You're like, yeah. You're like, you just tricked off. You're like, me, dude. Why are you? Why are you scared of me? <laughs> We've been friends for three years, bro. You're like, I know, I know. Because <laughs> they, they, they're scared that I might know how terrible they are when they're alone. Ah oh, man. <laughs> That's funny shit. <laughs> One of the the most important things I learned in uh, from like the theater was in our performance studies class, we talked about how no matter, even if no one else is around, there's still an audience and it's you. So the way you perform for yourself is important because you're watching it too. You know what I mean? It's not like time you can get away with being bad because no one's around. You're still watching that. So doing that, you're just doing shameful things like that. You're just kind of create yep. shame within yourself. You know what I mean? So to, to feel like you always have an audience and that audience is yourself and you want to live that to make feeling. that audience proud it's that feeling you get you know after I mean? you orgasm when you masturbate every time <laughs> it's just yeah. uh sitting there and you realize what you just did you kind of come suicide you kind of come back to it you're like oh wow shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'll never find love <laughs> and that, yeah that's why there's nobody else in this bed but me and this lotion bottle because mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny fucking, shit, man. So, dude, you fucking went to you fucking went to Arizona recently, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, they're they're open. I don't know how they shouldn't be. They have like eight thousand new cases the other they're day. They're just open. They they just made masks mandatory. Like, just did that. Like, what the fuck? Their governor was literally the news and was like we don't need work. we will beat the virus with our freedom America. <laughs> and then he fucking two days later they were like he was like okay well um uh in the last three days uh 100,000 new cases uh i guess we should wear masks um shoot. i've been seeing a- <laughs> like yeah dude you fucking idiot <laughs> there's a meme i've been seeing on the internet and it's a it's like four <laughs> pictures it's a guy going like denying covid i'm not wearing a mask and then it's the person that has covid and they're like, it's like ventilator. And then the next picture, of the guy is, this isn't a joke. I'm sorry. And then it's his like tombstone. I've seen so many memes of this. It's just like, <laughs> it's just, it's a real yeah. Thing. There's this guy, this Latino guy in SoCal was like, I'm scared of COVID food. I'm fucking scared of it. And then he, and then he like posts pictures of the parties at, and then like five days later, he's like, fuck food. I got the COVID food. Damn. And then, like, and then it's just, like, a picture of him dead, bro. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, dog. Especially, like, all right, I don't know if you've ever read a book or watched a movie or heard a story before. You're not supposed to get cocky. That's how you lose the game. You can succeed in life as long as you don't look at God and go, fuck you, God, I got your ass. Because <laughs> that's when you get smite, you sm- smoted, smited, smited down, smited <laughs> smited down. down. <laughs> that's when God comes and fucks your shit up. Get smited. <laughs> That's when he shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you cocky bitch. So, like, at least if you're going to go out and party, be humble and, like, be like, I'm very scared of you, COVID. Yeah. Please leave me alone. Like, you have to you have to be polite. I'm sorry, COVID, that I'm you out here. Like, yeah. cocky shit is how you're for sure going to get it. Like, I don't know. So, yeah, I was in Arizona. They, um, they're they open. I, uh, I had a show booked at Stand Up Live in downtown Phoenix, and uh, it was like enough money to pay for all my travel. So I was like, fuck it, I'll go. And I went, I started heading there, and I went to LA for three days um, to like work on sketches with my friend Jackson Banks. I don't know if you've ever heard mm-hmm. of him. Uh, he's really funny. You should check him out on Instagram. At, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He was on Kill Tony, wasn't he? Yeah, he was terrible <laughs> on Kill Tony. <laughs> he's freestyle. He has, his, he has a rap where he. This baby 
and it's really funny, but he no one understood that that's what was going on. So he's just on stage going like, I'm a baby. And everybody's like, what's wrong with you, bro? Uh, but he's he's really good, like incredible comedian and and actor and writer. That was just a bad showing for him. But uh, we were working on sketches. And during those three days, uh, Arizona had like fucking 10,000 new cases Like while I was on my way there. And so I was already booked. So I just went. Yeah, nobody nobody's wearing masks except me. You know, people were still trying to shake my hand. Oh, no. I was just like, get away <laughs> yeah. from me. <laughs> um, but I just like, I stayed to the side. I just got a, I got a test a couple days ago. Um, I haven't had any symptoms. I talked to the doctor at the testing location. She's like, you would, she's like, I'm pretty sure you'd feel something like it, like at least tightness in your chest or like be tired mm-hmm. if you had it. So I think I'm good. Pretty sure I'm good. I feel great. Nice. Um, but yeah, it was a little scary out there. It, the funny thing is, this, that wasn't even the scariest thing about being in Arizona, dude. One day, me and my friends were going to go to a lake to go swimming, and we couldn't because the road we were driving on was on fire. What? Like, we literally, like, wrecked, were driving, and then the road was on fire, and we had to just turn around because it was currently in flames. <laughs> like, Arizona's nuts. Was, Apparently, they just random fires just pop. It was up. just on, like in California, but worse. Oh wow! So it was just like started, and it, yeah. it was just burning. You had to just you're like, I can't go that way. Yeah, just so hot that created wow. a fire. And yeah, so we just like had to turn around. One of my friends' cars got attacked by an owl when we were in it. He was giving me a ride to a show. An owl came down and fucking smashed the front windshield. Almost got bit by a scorpion in my friend's pool. I was like, I thought, I was like, there's a lot of things to. That's why they're not so scared of coronavirus because like their whole life is. <laughs> they're like, like fuck this virus. We live in Arizona, moment, motherfuckers. Like, thing with death. They're like, dude, I fucking eat scorpions for breakfast, bro. I'm not scared of this. <laughs> they're so weird. Like, uh, this one guy was just like, he was just like, yeah, everybody in Arizona is just like, if I get it, I die. Whatever, I don't care. I want to go get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> like dude there's the funny thing about this is too um, hot that's i don't know what you call that Are they, they, i don't i guess they're yuppies yeah yuppies and maybe like normies like boomers is uh none of them realize that they can break the law. Like, like like all the people that were like protesting gathering like bro just go and gather <laughs> like the, just go break the law people are like i want a haircut Go find somebody who cuts hair and go to their house. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, don't let Tristan out of them. Like, just I, my, I have all my friends got haircuts, dude. You just hit up a guy who does haircuts. You yeah. go to his house and you wear a mask and you wash your fucking head after and you pray and you go get a test. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But they're, they're like going like, Mr. Government Man, will you please let me get my fade? Like, just go yeah. get one, dude. This is America. It's like created by criminals for criminals, dude. Like, yeah. go do they're it. Scared to go. They're scared to go get it cut in somebody's garage. It's like you're going to a barber shop. It's not that much different. It's like it's a chair. <laughs> right. That's how lame. Those people are. They don't have a guy, a guy for their things. That's you true. Know? So I would never go to a. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> In my nails done. I know the girl will come over and give me a fucking manicure because I'm a cool guy. I'm a guy. They're fucking lames, dude. They think like uh, their favorite restaurant, like their favorite place to get Italian food is fucking Olive Garden, dude. They don't know a guy named Gino who makes wicked good Alfredo sauce because they're fucking losers, dude. Like that's the problem. They don't got a guy for that. You got yeah, like, you got there's been a guy. this there's been this guy at work that's every Friday he's like he like I he like asks you if you want to submit for his barbecue business thing that he's got going on, and then he just hooks you up with a bag and a three piece if you if you want. Like, I got a guy at work, dude. I got a barbecue guy at work. Like, <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> People are like, I miss my Thai food. I'm like, do you don't have any Thai friends? You can invite over for dinner? Like, what's wrong? Like, that's the thing is everybody's so extremist. Like, in San Francisco, all my friends are literally, like, not even leaving their room. They're just like, if I stay in my room, then no one will ever touch me. And then I'll be fine. And I'll beat the virus. And then there's other people who are like, they're like, I'm going to fucking cartwheel into a crowd of people and eat their blood. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's like, why is no one just in the middle, like, seeing maybe 10 people? You know, maybe there's the 10 people that they open up. Like, you know how, like, on the phone plans, you could... You could pick five people that you would have oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. unlimited yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. to. That's that's my philosophy on this, right? So you pick like ten people and you see just them. Th- okay, only yeah. them. So if you guys if one of you guys gets it, okay, yeah, ten people died. 
don't go see hundreds no. of people yeah right? I, that's bad I, okay I, but also don't sit in your room and never go and see anybody you have to at least you're gonna get really yeah sad. well you gotta at least get a brush of it i think you can't just at least have like one or two friends you can go hiking with or something like don't just sit in your room eating Hagen dazs Like it's not that's not healthy either. Yeah, I notice it in the store when I'm shopping. There's definitely people that you can tell that they've been in their place and this is their this is their time away from their this is the only time they've spent in public and they're gonna go back to the house. Dude, Safeway's the new <laughs> dance club, dude. You gotta wait in line for hours. For real. It really helps to, if you know the security yeah. guard. <laughs> and when you get inside, all the girls are mad when you talk to them. <laughs> I was like, leave me alone. I'm like, this is the only place I have to meet women. Come on. Seriously. Help me pick out. Let me let let me let me help you pick out your the one. Fruit. The one that's Come been on. interesting to me is gas stations like inside of them when you go in to like pay or get like a coffee or something because the aisles, there's no there's no way to social distance in there. And when there's when there's right. like three people, I've noticed <laughs> we just kind of everybody stops and we just kind of look at each other. It's almost like a stop. It's like a four way stop. <laughs> That's how it becomes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In two small spaces, you're like, okay, who's moving first? Like, it's a fucking four way right. stop, dude. <laughs> um, no, that's funny every time. And I've been wearing, because uh, I've been having to work throughout. I, at first, I was wearing the mask with, that had like a little filter thing on the front. And it felt, it was like kind of breathable. And I was like, all right, this is cool. And then I got the sleeve that you just kind of pull over. Yeah, I have a cloth. Yeah, those are way those better, work. dude. Like I was. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. It's yeah, the comfy. one with the the one that I had before was like really, it was not breathable. I thought it was, and I was I was mistaken. Too much. All, all you need is it for it to for it to stop a cough from going on another person if you do end up coughing. That's like mm-hmm. the whole thing. I do like how it. That's what I hate. That people that are like, I, I don't need to wear a mask. I'm not scared. It's like the mask is for other people. You sack yeah. of shit. Like you can still get it while wearing a mask, but you have less chance of giving mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I wish. Nah, man. <laughs> people are so selfish, dude. It's wild. I wish this was like a. Well, that's like the whole game. That's capitalism. That's the game. Is be as selfish as possible. Have you ever played Monopoly? You're not supposed to help your friends. It's true. That's how the game works. That's not that's not how it should work, <laughs> but that, that's how it that's how it works right now. So like I fuck myself up all the time by being too generous and stuff. Like I, like I'll do a show and then I'll I'll literally just split the money like six ways, even though I did all the work. And like I'm recently learning to stop doing that because that's not how it works. <laughs> You're supposed to take a little more, more because everybody else is doing that to you too. And so I mean I'll participate in it, but I think it's I think it's People bad. Were... I don't think we should be living like that. It should be way. Sure, my you know? a couple of my comedy buddies actually like had to tell me that they were like, "Dude, it's okay for you to have a little bit more. Like you Excellent. bring the sound equipment, you set it up, you book all the people. Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> it's still bad because it's like, um, I don't know. It's all for yeah. one, right? I thought. I mean, that's that's how I grew up. That's how I grew up. I'm a, I'm Mexican. Like, it's never like, oh, I have the coolest shit in the house. It's like me and my brother would share stuff. Or me and my cousins, mm-hmm. we would share stuff. It was all of our stuff. Like my family, one of my one of my family members owns a ranch, but it's everybody's ranch. We get to go and hang out there whenever. And that's just how we are. And I just, I, I, I grew up expecting other people to be that nice, and they aren't. And it doesn't work for you. It doesn't behoove you to be that nice either because it's capitalism. Yeah. You know I mean, it's doggy dog. You got to win. It sucks. It sucks to realize, yeah, because you you want it to be the way that you're describing. You know, you want it you want it to be reciprocated fairly and everything distributed evenly. And and I did a Zoom show the other day, and the tickets were twenty dollars, and they had a donate to art to the arts button, which my mom donated to when she came watch the show. So my mom spends like forty bucks on the show, and then my I get second place in the competition, and my pay is twenty dollars. I'm like that's like the price of like one ticket or two tickets. I'm like that's so that's not enough. Like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on, man. you should pay at least like four mm-hmm. fifty. You know? It was a, yeah, especially um, like was a competition. There should be like a, a purse prize for second place. Like what's going? I guess the winner won something, but I think they only won like oh, okay. fifty bucks. But it's just weird because I'm like, wait, what are they donating to? Yeah. To just your pocket? <laughs> I thought it was to the arts. <laughs> it's to oh, the, it's, it's art, to the arts art, pocket. Arturo. It's to the arts pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to Arturo's It's to pocket. my artistic pocket. That's not the guy's name, and I'm not going to name names, but 
it felt weird. I was like, you can't do that. Like, the, you I understand when the show's free, like my show's free, and then we just do it based off tips, and I just let everybody know what that amount's mm-hmm. going to be. And uh, yeah, but when you do ticket sales, and everybody knows how much money you make that's, that night, you can't really that's do kind of exactly. Like that. I've been asked quite a bit to kind of make this Selena show a ticketed show and stuff, and. I am nervous for that exact reason because I've been doing it tips and so everybody kind of knows and then I divide it evenly, you know, and like I would keep like a little bit more for myself and then divide the rest amongst everybody else, you know, like uh, I wasn't like, you know, I was and I would show everybody like it was fair and uh, that's what I don't want to do with like a ticketed show, you know, is that added thing. You also have to, you know, have some guy like like a a door guy or whatever the fuck and uh, it's just an added it's just an added thing that Dude, places will will have the door guy get paid in a set. The door guy just gets to do a set like <laughs> they'll have somebody work the door the whole night and then they'll be like, all right. And you, now you get to do five minutes like unless that person sucks. What do you mean get to do five minutes? You mean they perform for you for five minutes making like adding to the show after working the door and they get paid in getting to perform and fill time yeah. on your show like that's wild to me so many places are like wow. that dude it's and they, uh and they... com- yeah is a rough game man it's uh that's why you have to create your, your own opportunity you have to create your create your own doors um because everybody else's structures are going to be um they're going to be what's called selfish unless yeah. you unless you fit into that mold that they have you won't be you won't really be able to be involved i don't think right uh which i mean i've been kind of learning you know just traveling and doing you know, mics in different areas. I've only really gone to, you know, San Jose a handful of times, mostly like Santa Cruz and uh, like Monterey and Salinas and the places I've been doing comedy at. And uh, I've noticed you got to come up to the city, man, when we reopen, there's so much. Yeah. I I really like, that was kind of what I was realizing as kind of, I was hitting, uh, I started hitting for Scotty right before it closed. And then I was doing other stuff up there and people were telling me, and I was kind of learning about where all this stuff is. Cause I mean, you don't, you can like look at a, at a mic calendar and, and, you know, and try to find as many things as you can find on online or whatever. But I feel like you really need to talk to and get to know like a lot of the comics that are around in that area. And they'll kind of, you know, point you in the right direction of mics that have good like audiences and stuff where you, you know, you can get good feedback and, and actually get something out right. of it. You know, kind of how we were talking before we started recording, you know, you were talking about doing sober sets and like kind of getting the most out of your time. Uh, that's something that's like a recurring theme. I've noticed I've talked to people that are kind of doing stuff and getting on shows and, you know, making money doing comedy. So it's like making the most out of your time, like practicing and doing. Yeah. Mix. Try as many new jokes as you can. Like I do, I do a new joke in the middle of every single set, even if for the show, even if I'm showcasing for a comedy club that night. Like I'm trying to impress the booker. I'm gonna try a newer joke in the middle, just because I get excited about telling my new joke. That really makes my set more fun for me, which is gonna translate to the audience. And then also, yeah, I mean, your goal is to become a joke machine. Trying to hold on to this one set of material you have. Like, there's so many comedians that have 10 minutes that that's all they do. They do the same 10 minutes over and over again. And they're really doing themselves a disservice because, yeah, that 10 minutes is good, but okay, great. And that now that 10 minutes is on the Tonight Show. What's next? Mm-hmm. You know, what if Comedy Central offers you a 30 minute special? Do you have the material? Because if you don't have it that time, they're going to pass on you and they're probably not going to look at you ever again. You know what I mean? So, you want to have lots of material. You should constantly be developing stuff because. Also, the process is what makes comedy so like so fun. It's like it's like you're really gonna get high off the same. It's like it's like staying it's like staying in the mindset where you're just like really excited that you threw the game winning football throw in, okay, in high school, yeah. right? And you stayed there. You're like, I'm Johnny. I got a good arm. They call me arm slinger. And you're gonna live like that for the rest of your life. By forty, that's gonna be sad. So you should constantly be working on having a new a new achievement. You know what I mean? A new thing that you've done. So I always, I always work on something new um, in the middle of every set, even if it's just 30 seconds in the middle of it. I always start with something that works and end with something that, that, that always works. And then in the middle, try something new because it just gives it, it gives the set more flavor for me. I'm having fun every time. And yeah, I mean, at, at a certain point, you're, if you're good, if you're good enough, the world's going to want an hour from you every two years. So you better get started mm-hmm. on writing those jokes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's like a snowball effect. It's like 
kind of the mm-hmm. reverse almost happens. It's like, it, yeah, it's interesting. It's like, uh, it's like when, it's like somebody when they get famous, you know, like it's it's. You're also gonna have less inspiration because you didn't eat just ramen for breakfast. You 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 don't talk to the fucking pigeon outside your window because you don't have a roommate because you live in a weird like I don't know you live in like an SRO. You know you're gonna have you're gonna have all your shit together and it's gonna be nice and there's gonna be less inspiration because you're just gonna be talking business all the time, which is actually the number one driving force in not being funny for most comedians is that they get stuck talking about business. You ever you ever hang out with a comedian and all they do is talk about the process of comedy. So comedy is it's a, it's a setup and then it's a punchline and then and that starts with a premise and then they never say anything funny the whole time you talk to them. It's like, are you a scientist or a comedian, bro? Like, <laughs> like, and I have this thing. I'll tell people, I'm like, hey, can we stop talking about comedy and do comedy? Because I fucking hate talking about comedy. Like, let's do comedy. Start doing a weird voice, and I'll and I'll play a character that's that guy's friend. Okay. Let's go. Like, you know I, what I mean? Okay. Like, yeah, that makes sense. You know I feel like another person that's like that is Max Eddie. I, I've only met him one time at Santa Cruz. It was at a Harag show. I love Max. But dude, he he He's was going friends. so fast. From the get, like right when I started talking to him, it was just like he was just in He's the best. Oh, yeah, when I hang out, yeah, I was gonna rip. say you guys together are probably like really, <laughs> uh, really like fast back and forth. Um, yeah, I, 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 um, I like doing shows with him. I'll have him open for me and vice versa. He's a he's a solid dude. Super fun to travel with. Easy yeah, he was really cool to talk to. Definitely I mean, right. like, we just hung out that night, but it was like really cool to just sit and chat with him. And then he went up and crushed, and I was just like, that guy's dope. Like. <laughs> Okay, high five. We're fucking later. That's yeah. consent. What's up, What's up dude? How, how, uh, you see my set, dude? Uh. <laughs> yeah, hey, I fuck dudes too. Dude. <laughs> That's what, that was one of his I'm jokes always, on stage. He was like, I'm always, I'm always like, are you bi or are you just that cool that you'll you say you're bi? Like, I've never seen him with a dude ever. He's always talking about crushing puss and he sounds like, he sounds like he fucking like stands outside early in the morning to get Jets tickets. You know what I mean? Like he's such a man. He's such a manly man. <laughs> and I'm always like, was like, what? But my my favorite gay guys are the really broy ones. Like I have this guy Nappy that I'm friends with from uh, my hometown, and he's always out and grab some dicks. Whoa! And you're like, dude, <laughs> like what that's a, aggressive. What a kind of person. <laughs> Yeah, he's such a bro, dude. But he's like gay. It's it's really funny. I, I actually like that guy a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, I always try to encourage that when I'm hanging out with comedians, and then also just have like have fun with your set. Like I, I hate seeing somebody do the same ten minutes that they've been doing for the last three years. It's like a waste of time. You know, it crushes the audience. Thinks they're amazing because they did they're doing just polished material. But it's like, what's the end goal there? Yeah, you I know? noticed. I noticed for me, like. In the show in Salinas, I've had other people tell me like that they've they haven't seen me that side of myself, and I think it's because I've done that that place so many times, and like I I like put so I like take a lot of effort into setting it up and stuff too. That <laughs> I'm like I think I'm relaxed at that point because everything's the show's already going, and uh, like I try to. And so I've been trying to put myself in that headspace. Like when people were telling me that, I was like, this is the mindset I need to be in. Like this relaxed like kind of just like I'm going up at the Selena show mindset because I've had like my best sets there every time. Yeah, I think one of the most important things to do as a comedian to get better like training is is like working on your mental health, just actually being happy. You can circumvent the those apps most comedians fall into where they just like lay in their hotel room eating pizza and jerking off all day and then trying to be happy and charming at the end of the day. If you can avoid that stuff, and like spend your time, you know, taking care of yourself, and show up there, show up to the show happy, relaxed. You worked out that day. He had his, he had his, ate his salad. You know, you drank mm-hmm. some water. He called your mom. You know, that person's gonna be way better telling jokes. I think it was David Bory, um, who's now the voice of Comedy Central. Like when you hear like yeah, coming yeah, up yeah. next, that's David Bory. He used to live at the house of Cisco, and he always said he's like a comedian has their shit together. They have their shit together. That's that's what a real comedian has at their disposal with that is that everything's good they're good they, their bills are paid they're chilling dog and now they got time to goof around so like it's funny because everybody thinks they have to be this starving tortured artist to be able to be a comedian it's like 
No, it's actually the more comfortable you are, the more security you give yourself. That's when you're going to have the freedom to create as often as possible. And that's the thing I've been like learning the last couple of years. Because I used to be a wild man. I used to like hitchhike and shit, never have any money. But uh, this creating security for yourself is huge. Because mm. when you're comfortable, that's when you're your funniest, right? When you're with your friends or with your family, or you're just feeling yourself, you know? So it's almost, almost more important to sometimes take a break from comedy and make sure you're happy. Than to like just stay grinding. Yeah, and like that, that's you know? a, that's <clears throat> that's what I've really in, actually liked about this quarantine period. Is it's give it's give totally. It's, yeah, it's kind of shown me, yeah, some of the things I was, some of the habits that I had while I was out there, and some of the things I was doing every night was, it, yeah, it was kind of I was I was taking away from that ability to be relaxed and to be like. Uh, Were you stripping? Were stripping? You're a stripper? Yeah, I was stripping, dude. Uh, <laughs> it was rough man i had to i had to you know i was pulling yeah i was working my other job too so it was like just no sleep (laughs) yeah and and my and my child abel is i he's my yeah world i'm just on now i'm on OnlyFans. you know i train like i can so i can do it on my own time you know i'm not just the hours are really just so i'm I'm glad i was able to oh yeah i have a Actually called only flans. <laughs> I just make a flan every day. <laughs> it's just <laughs> subscribe for. Do you eat it too? Is that so the? Up, do you guys? eat it too? Subscribe tomorrow. We're gonna be making my favorite flan. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I've never okay. done that. I'm just kidding. I just thought of it right now. That'd be a good. That'd be a good show though. You just every day you you post the same video of you making a flan. <laughs> Call your follow my only flans page. You'd have to like. That'd be good. I might have to do that. Tease the end. You never show them the finished flan. It's just a. You just leave them like hanging. I don't know. You could be like a <laughs> flan edge lord. And uh, subscribe, subscribe, yeah. and follow for the next episode where we showcase our flan. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be oh, great. Man. I feel like that would sell for sure. Uh, so do you have like any future kind of projects besides the Zoom show coming up? Like, are you gonna you thinking about like a podcast of your own or, uh, you know, I know you've been doing you know videos and kind of the music thing. I've been seeing that as well. Um, yeah, uh, so I do I do like song commissions for people. I um, I'm partnering with this uh, comedy history YouTube channel that Dina Ware is creating. Have you ever met Dina? Uh, she operates out of Sunnyvale. I don't think so. She's uh, she's she's amazing. She She'll, she'll like negotiate a show with, and then just hand it off to a younger comic, and she'll do that over and over again. That's really cool. Like creating new new comedy. She loves comedy, and she's such a patron of it. Um, so I wrote the theme song for her um, her YouTube channel, and I'm, I'm going to be partnering with her with creating more content. Uh, we're actually going to have a studio in Sunnyvale. Maybe you can oh, come yeah, by sometime, maybe. and uh, we can make. It's all going to be about the history of comedy. So if you if there's anything you're ever interested in of comedy history like a, a particular story you think is really fun like i really want to tell the story of richard pryor having sex with marlon brando i think that would be really funny to get to go into like how high on cocaine marlon brando's not even a handsome dude you know what i mean like i i would get it if he fucked like i don't know frank sinatra or something but marlon brando really dude and then it's like is richard pryor just really into fat chicks and he thought marlon brando was one you know, <laughs> did he make did he make but, him put in the mouthpiece like um, from more... Godfather? You know, <laughs> it's like you come to me with a flash of dick, and this is not justice. This is not justice. <laughs> um, Holy shit! But yeah, so I'm working on that. Um, I'm pitching a I'm pitching a TV show this week to a production company uh, that's going to be like a culmination of all my years uh, as a cook. Uh, for a little bit, I was like the sous chef okay. at a restaurant, and uh, I MC for So Far Sounds like music shows. So I like I scout music talent. That's why I have a, a musician at the end of every one of my Zoom shows. Because um, I just like I, I want to be a comedian, but I also I also really value my taste in other art forms. Like I I, I know what food is good, you know. Mm-hmm. I know like I know good music. You know, I, I people always enjoy show it to them. So I want also try to elevate artists so i put them on my zoom show but i eventually want to have a tv show that's like a dinner party with comedy and music and food and i'm pitching that this week so hopefully that works out then i also want to do a bunch of gorilla shows there's like fine outdoor venues or or places where people can drive up and watch in their cars like i want to figure out ways for us to do comedy you should 
without it being. You let me know if you, yeah, if you ever need, like, I have a full PA system and stuff, and I'm de- super down to ever do. Do you know anywhere in Salinas? I'll come travel uh, to you and hang out I for could, a day. That'd Joe. be, you know, interesting idea. I mean, there is a, I mean, there's like the rooftop. I know how to, I know how to broadcast it to okay. the radio, so we can have the performance go. You don't even need the PA. You actually broadcast it directly into their car okay. stereo. People can send. Uh, I was thinking, like, you know, kind of doing something similar to the Santa Cruz drive-in. There's a parking garage in Salinas. There's a rooftop section of it that might be nice for something like that. Uh, there's a couple other yeah. spots like like that in town. Uh, I just, yeah, I'm trying to think of who, you know, the contacts I would need to, you know, pull it, like correctly pull this off with. And yeah. Like, and who would come and yeah. watch it, but you'd be surprised. I, oh, I think I could get all the comedy fans was easy when- from like the Selena show to definitely come out and in their cars for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, you should look into that. I think that's uh, I think that's a good idea. Um, like th- this is my, my philosophy about it is, if everybody else is on pause and I can somehow sneak ahead a couple steps during mm-hmm. quarantine, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? I recommend that to everybody else. If you can, cause most of these people dude, they're just going to sit in their room and only do zoom shows. So if you can, if you can create other places to perform, you know, like I, I'm hitting up headliners at different like, So like all the cities that are open that have low cases, I'm looking up their comedy clubs and looking who's headlining and I'm DMing those people offering to open oh, for them because wow. they're having a hard time opening getting openers because people are scared to leave their houses okay. and if i and and i you know i'm on unemployment right now so i got money coming mm-hmm. to me <laughs> so i'm gonna just try to use it to go around i just want to i want to jump 10 steps ahead no, it's really cool it's a really good idea there. yeah you're thinking you're thinking you're you know? thinking ahead like it's def- that's definitely cool um dude i uh <clears throat> i really really enjoyed this conversation with you today um yeah and like, uh man. It was good to yeah, talk to you. Uh, it was it was super cool bumping into you at uh, at Joe's bar. Uh, that was a that was a fun <laughs> night, man. That was some crazy shit. <laughs> that was my like fourth set that night, and uh, all the other sets were so much we're... better. It was one of those those shows where you're like, why did I come and do this to myself after killing at all these other <laughs> real clubs? When I'm just so addicted to comedy, dude. Uh, I fucking I, I don't know if you know the story. Dwayne Perkins did the Tonight Show. And crushed it, mm-hmm. right? And then later that day, he went to an open mic and did the same material, and he got booed <laughs> off stage. <laughs> what? I think he got booed off stage, or at least he bombed so hard he was like, "Why did I fucking do this Holy to myself?" Because <laughs> some rooms are just bad. Sometimes the room is bad. You should never blame the room. Work the room regardless. But some room, yeah. you know. I love Sam Weber, but that that room is rough. Dude. Oh, poet. You know, his po his show of Poet no, no, Poet and the Patriots great. Joe's oh, it was a bar. Joe's bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rough. Poet and the Patriots I yeah. love that. That's mm-hmm. a good room. Joe's bar was like rough because it's like a long a long wide room. It's yeah, like I had so just come from Harag's show that night and that was it was like really fun. Oh yeah, his show Yeah, and great. I was we would we drove all the way <laughs> there and then I was like, Oh, but it was cool getting to see you and Joe. Um Joe's like done my show a handful of times and he actually mentioned uh you like coming he was like you should definitely bring him down here he would uh he would do well here so yeah yeah joe's joe's on me i fucking love joe me me joe and zach and john gab hang out okay yeah together. i was gonna say uh kind gab of, and lord uh we got going on. I, i'm having zach on pretty soon too and i kind of want to get like a I could, maybe we can get all of those guys to- he's really coming into his own with his comedy man a lot of the stuff he's been writing in quarantine is so good nice He's really finding Hell his yeah. voice. I'm yeah, really excited his... about it. I love that moment. You can see every the person really being honest about themselves and their experience, and it's just coming out funny all the time. And you're like, yeah, like you got in there. You're I like here. the way he's been you're in like, the zone, yeah. You know? I also like the way he's been putting out his content too. Like from kind of the get, he's taking like a real um, cool approach to the editing. Yeah, so, I mean, just because the stuff's on TikTok doesn't mean you still can't sell it to Comedy Central at some point. It's not on TV yet. It's just on the internet. That's you know, I, I, I was so adverse to posting my content until like six months ago. I, w- I would never do it. I was like, I got to save it and sell it to Netflix. What are you talking about? But it's like, no, you have to get a fan base first and then Netflix will buy it. Yeah. You know, so you might as well put out the content. Hell yeah, dude. Um, well, yeah. like I said, super cool talking to you today. And, uh, We'll have yeah, to do this again sometimes. Uh, I, uh, I, yeah, like I said, 
Yeah, and hit me up. I'm gonna put you okay. on my Zoom show, man. We'll, we'll yeah, for sure. I'll hit you up, man. For sure. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time.